And this morning, I want to talk to you about how Jesus is that greatest friend in our lives. And this is actually because of who Jesus is, is going to take more than one Sunday. Um, So I, I tried to narrow this down into one sermon, and I thought, these people are never going to sit there that long. So uh, I broke it up into two sermons. Um, one we will look at today. Um, I want to look at kind of the affinity, like what connects us with Jesus. We talked about God the Father and, and the affinity we have with him. Um, and then I want to just look at two of the the benefits, if you will, of the affinity that connects us with God the Son. So when we talk about being friends with God the Son, we have to first ask ourselves, what, what is the affinity? What is that common thing that connects us to Him? And if you were here two weeks ago, we talked about that affinity that we have between us and God the Father. Does anybody remember what that was? I know it's been two weeks and Christmas. What, what's the affinity that connects us and the Father? Love, that's right. And and that's the overarching point of connection that we have with God the Father. Now, there there are other points of connection, but that is the single largest point of affinity between us and God the Father. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what would be that overarching connection with us and God the Son? Now, again, like God the Father, there's multiple points that we could point to but i would argue that the primary connection we have with god the son is grace that that if we had to narrow it down into one category what is that one thing that connects us with god the son it would be his grace and the reason i would argue it is his grace is actually because of the incarnation like, like that is one of the biggest reasons that I would say grace is that point of connection in our friendship with God the Son. And so let me start by looking at that relationship between Jesus and grace before I kind of unpack how grace impacts us as his friends. First, Jesus is the only person who could bring us to God the Father. That there is no other person that could connect us back to God the Father. Jesus is the very Son of God. And He took on human flesh in His incarnation, making Jesus both God and man. Mark 14, 61 and 62, But He remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked Him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with clouds of heaven. In John 10, 15, Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is both God and man. Because Jesus is both God and man, He is the only person in the universe that could ever bridge the gap between God and man. If Jesus was not fully God, he would not have been able to absorb the wrath of sin into himself from the Father. Hebrews 9, 26 says, But 
As it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If Jesus wasn't fully human, he would not be able to stand in our place as a substitute. So not only does he have to be fully God to be able to take that burden of our sin, but to be our substitute, to stand in our place, he had to be fully human. No one can save us from our sins or bring us to God except for someone who combines the divine and the human nature into one person. That's why I say when it comes to His grace, it centers and revolves around His incarnation. Jesus is that person. And therefore, He is the only one who has the power to save us this morning. Second, we'll never find an end to His grace. John three thirty four. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. That, that last part, he gives the Spirit without measure. John 1, 16 through 17. For, for from him, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The good news this morning is that we will never, ever find an end to the patience of Jesus, to the love of Jesus, to the compassion of Jesus, to the kindness that he shows toward us. His, his grace is unending. I, I don't care how much you love the, the people around you. You will find an end. I, I love my wife dearly, but I regularly find the end of my patience with her. But we have a Savior that we will never find that with. We have a Savior who will always love us. Who will always show us compassion. No matter how stupid we act. This is such good news this morning. I hope, I hope you realize how good of the news this is. Because if, if God the Son had a limit, trust me, I would have already hit it. And if you're honest with yourself, you will have hit it before you got here this morning. See, this, the, you will, of His grace is both God and man to connect us back to God, to bridge that gap. Second, His grace is so abundant, so that we can never find the end. And third, Jesus is always. If you're dead in your sin this morning, then Jesus is your life. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If you're here, 24, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God because of your past. Jesus is your righteousness this morning. 
He's your sanctification and he's your future. 1 Corinthians 1.30 And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus embodies everything we need this morning. We don't need anything else but him. He's both God and man. He's bridged that gap with an unending grace. And he's all that we need this morning. This is God the Son. And you and I get to be friends with him. Jesus embodies everything we need. Whether it's life or strength or wisdom or power or joy. I just can't help but be in love with Him. When you fully understand who He is and what He has done for us. I promise you, you will never find anything in this life that comes close to the grace of Jesus. This morning, does does Jesus and His grace have that place of honor in your heart? It deserves Jesus is the only person that can bring us to God. His grace will never, ever, ever run out. And He's all we need. Again, this is not an exhaustive list of the benefits of His grace. But but I hope this morning you see that the connection point between God the Son and us is His grace. This is the thing that we have that connects us, that that builds and binds and grows our friendship with Him. And with that in mind, I want to look at several ways that Jesus' grace should shape our friendship with Him and our friendship with others. Again, we're looking at how we can be a friend to the triune God so that we can learn how to be friends to other people. And this morning we're going to start by looking at at two ways. And next week we'll look at a few more. And if you're taking notes this morning, I I want to draw your attention to these two ways as as kind of laying a foundation. Because I find that these two ways people struggle with the most. And, And so I wanted to hit those first and kind of lay them down as the foundation. And then we'll build on top of that next week, if you will. And those two things are Jesus delights in you and Jesus treasures you. Jesus delights in you and Jesus treasures you. I want to start with this one because, again, it it seems to me as I talk to people, one one of the aspects of Jesus' grace that people struggle with the most is this idea that Jesus is delighting in us. But but this morning, to fully experience what it means to be friends with Jesus, you have to believe that Jesus delights in you. Now, bear with me for a minute, but I want you to think about your earthly friendships. Do you look forward to hanging out with people you despise? No, I, I don't. 
Do you look forward to hanging out with people you just tolerate? Now, I want, I want you to think about the people that you enjoy hanging out with. If you're like me, you enjoy them because they enjoy hanging out with you as much as you enjoy hanging out with them. That, that's what makes it so beneficial. That's what makes it so enjoyable. We, we can have this feeling with our spouse with our children, a relative, and with our friends. You, you feel a joy just being in their presence, right? Some of you, I hope, experienced this joy just this last week when you gathered with family and friends for the holidays. Now, this may seem like a, a foreign concept to some of you this morning, but Jesus has that same joy when we encounter him. He has that same joy when you spend time with him. We see this in the use of, of wedding imagery between Jesus and the church in the New Testament. But that imagery was, was prophesied in the Old Testament in passages like Isaiah 62.5. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so shall your god rejoice over you we know that jesus loves his people because of what he did for them on the cross john 15:13 greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends so no one none of us this morning should be able to doubt the love that jesus has for us but we also know, I think instinctively, that love doesn't always mean like. Because again, some of you spent time with family that you love and you do not like. You love them, you just don't always look forward to hanging out with them. Maybe they say things that irritate you, right? They're the people that always want to bring up politics or some controversial matter, right? Maybe they're the, the, the people in your family that try to make everything about them. Whatever it is that annoys you, it's likely that there's someone out there who feels the same way about you. You see, love and delight are two different things. So how do we know that Jesus delights in us, not just loves us? I hear people all the time, well, yeah, he has to love us. You know, he's God. He's, yeah, this is just part of who he is. And, you know, it doesn't mean he likes me very much. It doesn't mean he wants to be with me or be around me very much. So how, how do we know that Jesus delights in us? How do we know that he's always happy to see us? And this is important if we're going to enjoy a relationship with him. Again, think back to the wedding imagery used between Jesus and his people. He is the bridegroom and we are the bride. And one of the things that I love about being a pastor, there, there's a lot of things about being a pastor that's extremely difficult and, and if I'm honest, would love to not have to do them. But one of the things that I get to do as a pastor that I absolutely love is being able to stand 
on a platform next to a man when that back door opens and he sees his bride for the first time in her dress. And some of those guys, they just smile with like the biggest smile you've ever seen, right? Like the cat that ate the canary. I mean, they just, they can't believe how lucky they got. Some guys start trembling with excitement and they just get overcome by emotion. This, this tough guy that you hung out with, you know, the night before at the rehearsal and he's all, you know, and all of a sudden he's just like, oh my gosh, oh my God. You know, it's just, it's amazing to see. Occasionally, some of them even start crying because I think they're having a hard time believing that they get to marry that woman. This is the way that Jesus looks at us. He's the bridegroom. Every time we walk through the door, he's looking at us. In that same way, Jesus delights exceedingly in his saints. Why would you or why would we struggle to believe this? Well, I think some of us struggle in our faith to believe that Jesus loves us like this. Maybe you've never been loved like this. Even by your own family. And so it's difficult for you to imagine Jesus loving you like this because you've never experienced anything like this. Parents, this is important for you this morning. And grandparents, this is important for you this morning. Show this kind of love to your children so that it's not a foreign concept to them when it comes to their friendship with the Son, God the Son. Some of us, I think, are, are weighed down by the weight of our sins. And, and our sinfulness causes us to doubt this truth. Our, our shame or our guilt tries to distract us from this truth. He, he doesn't love you. you you're horrible. You, you did this. You did that. There's no way he could love you. And for those of you who struggle, let me encourage you with one reason this morning that Jesus delights in you. And that's that he has shared his thoughts with us and enables us to share ours with him. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants For the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And you you, you may be saying, Dale, what's what's the big deal about this? Like, how, how does this tell me that Jesus delights in me? Well, again, think about human friendships for a minute. Do you tell your deepest, most innermost thoughts to just anyone? You definitely don't share them with people you don't like, right? And yet, this verse tells us that Jesus shares his heart and his mind with the people that he delights in and calls friends. Jesus 
wants us to fully know him. And he wants us, he wants to fully know us. And I'll go more into detail about this in a couple weeks. But, But this is why he sent his spirit to reside inside of us. But the spirit enables us to have the mind of Christ. You see, Jesus didn't leave us without a way to know him. Jesus wants us to be able to know him and to experience him. And so he left the spirit to help us. And and I'll take a whole Sunday and talk about that. But, But this is how he shows us that he wants to be friends by teaching us what is important to him. And Jesus doesn't just reveal his thoughts and plans to us. His his grace makes it possible for us to now communicate our thoughts and feelings to him. And I know some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, but Dale, he's God. He knows everything. Why would I need to do that? He already knows everything there is about me. He, He probably knows me better than I know myself. And yes, that is true. But I would also argue that Facebook and Google and Instagram know more about you than you do. Right? I mean, I'm just going to say the word treadmill. 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 Yeah, yeah. You're going to see ads for treadmills for the next three days now. Right? But I don't consider any of them my friends. I'm not friends with Facebook. Right? They know all this stuff about me, but I'm not friends with them. Just because Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves, that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to make our thoughts and feelings known to him. Have you ever had that experience of of calling a friend that you have known for a long time and you know that they love you and that they care about you? And you just kind of unload and you share with them something that's bothering you. And maybe they offer you some encouragement or they just offer to pray with you because they don't know how to fix it either. But you leave that experience. Your situation hasn't changed. Everything is exactly the same. But you find yourself feeling better. Because you've shared what's in your heart, what's in your mind, what's going on with someone else. This This is a a gift of friendship that should point us to Jesus, the ultimate friend that sticks closer than a brother. That we should be able to share with Him. And for us to have a friendship with Jesus, we need to share our hearts with Him. Again, every relationship that you ever have that is a real friendship is always a two-way relationship. If it is just one way, it is not a friendship. You see, whatever joy we get out of our earthly friendships is nothing compared to the joy that we get out of sharing our hearts to Him. You know how some friends, they start out sharing and it's it's okay, but then they keep going and it gets to the point of TMI, right? That's too much information. I don't need to know anymore. The good news this morning, guys, there is no such thing as TMI with Jesus. You're never going to get to the end of his patience where he goes, okay, please stop talking. 
Please be quiet. Because Jesus delights in you. He, he wants to pour out, He wants us to pour out our hearts to Him. Now, again, I know some of you may be thinking, Dale, I'm not very good at being a friend. Or, or I'm not very good at, at sharing my thoughts and, and, and feelings. I, I, I struggle to find the right words. And some of you are afraid of, of what might come out if you do start sharing out of your heart. And, and all of a sudden, you know, what's inside becomes to come out and it's going to be like, ah. The good news this morning is you don't have to be good at this. Because again, and I'll explain this more in a couple weeks when we talk about the Holy Spirit, but just as a little teaser this morning, He has given us the Spirit to help us. You say, I'm not very good at being a friend. I'm not very good at talking. I'm not very good at opening up. Well, that's it's okay because Romans 8, 26 and 7 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You see, friends, Jesus knew our weakness and then provided a way to take care of it. Which goes back to my point that He is everything that we need. If you find yourself questioning whether Jesus truly cares this morning, let let his pierced hands convince you of this truth. His sacrificial death is a testament to his deep concern for you. Paving the way for a friendship that transcends all doubts. And to experience his connection with God the Son, all you need to do this morning is pray to him. You don't have to wait until you have all your thoughts organized or you have everything lined up and written out and perfectly, I know what to say. He's your ever-loving friend who is always ready to listen to you. Simply share your thoughts. Share your fears. Share your temptations. Share your needs. Share your desires. He has expressed His love for you and is eager to hear from you this morning. Open up your heart and share your burdens with Him. Because not only does Jesus delight in you, He treasures you. And this is the second thing we need to see this morning. That Jesus treasures you. Give that a second to really settle into your mind this morning. That not only does he delight in you, but that he treasures you. Son of God values you this morning. This this is the only way we can describe his friendship with us. If he did not treasure us, he would not have come as a child to this earth. If he did not treasure us, he would not have gone to the cross and rose from the dead for us. If he did not treasure us, he would not be constantly making intercession for us. His friends. 
Let's look at each of those three things closer as we close this morning to understand just how much he treasures us. First, he, he came as a child to this earth. Jesus assumed human flesh and human nature on our behalf, embracing all of its limitations, fragility, and weakness. He didn't have to come as a baby. He could have come as a man. And yet, because he treasures us, because he delights in us, because he loves us, he came as a baby. Embracing all the limitations that come with being a baby. You're completely dependent on someone to care for your physical body as a baby. He willingly abandoned the glory of heaven to be born in humble circumstances. And comparatively to heaven, poverty. <laughs> Philippians 5, 2, or 2, 5 through 7. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Instead of holding on to that honor and glory that was rightfully his as the son of God, Jesus chose to adopt the role of servant and being treated with insignificance. Because he took on our flesh and our nature, he became a man. Jesus always understands what we're going through. Right? It's just different when you have that sort of friend that, that if you're in a difficult time, like say say you've got this rebellious teenager, right? They're just being rebellious. And you can get help and sympathy from other friends who don't have teenagers, and that, that can be helpful. But it's even better to talk with a friend who has experienced the same kind of struggle, right? Somebody that can say, yeah, I know. We got through it. You'll get through it. They'll be, they're able to offer more personal compassion because they've been through it. They're not going to say those trite things that don't really help and sometimes hurt. Because this is what we have with Jesus. Again, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, is, who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. In the same way, Jesus is able to help us in our times of temptations. For he himself experienced intense temptation and satanic opposition, right? We we often talk about being oppressed by Satan, but he was oppressed by Satan. He knows what it's like to be mistreated, to be misunderstood, to be abused. And so he perfectly is able to be sympathetic toward us in our misery. There's no suffering that we can experience that Jesus hasn't experienced and, and can't relate to us. And be that kind of friend that we so desperately need. Not only did he take on 
human flesh as a, as a small child. But he went to the cross and rose from the dead. Jesus, for our sake, not, not his sake, but for our sake, faced the agony of the cross. He was betrayed by someone close to him. Then he was denied by his friends. Taunted by enemies. He, he endured intense physical suffering, being beaten and nailed to a cross. And then having that cross raised up so that he would suffocate and die. Most significantly on that cross, he carried the curse meant for our sins. Forsaken by his heavenly father and subjected to the wrath of God, the consequence of our rebellion. And because he suffered the agony of the cross, Jesus came always or can always relate to our suffering. It's just different when you have that sort of friend. When you have, you're struggling maybe with a chronic illness. And again, you can get help from people who aren't struggling with a chronic illness, but it's even better when a friend who has experienced the same kind of suffering comes alongside you and helps to walk through that experience with you. And we have that kind of friend in Jesus. And finally, he, he not only came and was born and died, but he is making intercession for us right, right this minute. Some of your minds are wondering from the word and you're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch and what you're going to eat for dinner or what you're going to do this afternoon. And he's up there making intercession for you. <laughs> Hebrews seven twenty three through 25, the former priest were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus didn't just come to the earth. He didn't just suffer the cross. He is now ensuring our eternal protection even if all the powers in the universe united to attempt to snatch one of us from his grasp, he would not lose a single one, the Bible says. He prayed to the Father for our safekeeping in John seventeen eleven, and he entrusts us to his care, ensuring that none of his people can be taken away from him. That the depth of his love is evident in the fact that Jesus removed the one thing that could potentially eternally jeopardize and spiritually ruin us. Our sin. Consider this. In His holiness, Jesus despises sin more than we as sinful individuals could ever even imagine. And yet, driven by His immense love for us, He chooses to shield us from our sin covering, bearing with, and preserving us rather than allowing us to be lost. Imagine all the sinful missteps that our dear Lord Jesus tolerates daily for our sake and for those he loves. Jesus pours out his love and his mercy and his compassion and grace on us, not sparingly, but plentifully. 
Whatever he gives us, his grace to assist us, his presence to comfort us, he does it lavishly. Christ deals generously with us. This morning, if there is anything lacking in our friendship with Jesus, one thing I can guarantee you, the problem is not on his side. It's on ours. Anything missing from our friendship with him is our responsibility this morning. Listen to how John Owen talked about this. If, any, if in any things, then, we are restricted, it is in ourselves. Christ deals bountifully with us. Indeed, the great sin of believers is that they do not make use of Christ's bounty as they ought to. That we do not daily partake abundantly of his mercy. We have all the resources that we will ever need for our spiritual lives. We need only look to Jesus when we need help. This morning, if you are struggling with believing that Jesus delights in you and treasures you, my guess would be that you have slipped into sin or disobedience of some kind. And it's nearly impossible to enjoy Jesus' presence when you are watching pornography or abusing your spouse or gossiping or being discontent with your life or being prideful or being self-reliant. If you withhold from extending love to your fellow believers, neglect those in need or withhold forgiveness from those who wrong you, you are not going to experience the closeness and delight of Jesus The reason we exist is to cherish him in response through reflecting on the love and grace of our dear Lord Jesus. If you haven't been faithfully following his commands, there's no need to stay distant this morning. You don't have to question whether Jesus will welcome you when you approach him. Regardless of your shortcoming, Jesus has constantly held you dear just, just imagine that, that bridegroom standing there as you were walking through the back door of the church. That, that's what he experiences when you turn from your sin and you walk back to him this morning. Don't waste another day. Don't waste another day in your sin. Turn to God the Son who delights in you and who treasures you and who loves you. Embrace His friendship and love by confessing and repenting of your sin this morning. And maybe for some of you here this morning, you, you, you're hearing me talk about Jesus and you're thinking, well, this is not the kind of Jesus I grew up with. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear about a Jesus who delighted in me and who treasured me and who loved me this morning i hope and pray that you would give your life to this jesus because of what he's done for you coming in the flesh dying on a cross and continuing to make intercession for his people if you don't know him i pray this morning you would confess and repent of your sin and turn to him
pray. Father, thank you.